Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast number 76. On this episode, I have uh, my guest with me is Rich Possum, and he is a market analyst. And I got Rich on, found him on Twitter, and I wanted to get him on and kind of get his uh, take of what was happening with the ag economy. But I also am fortunate today have to have Regina with me here uh, as my co-host here, so this podcast won't be as bad as the rest of them. So, <laughs> so Rich, welcome to the show. All right, Rich. Well, give us tell me a little bit about yourself and, and give me a little bit of your background. Okay, over the past 30 years, I've worked in agriculture starting out on the uh, farming side and then migrated over to a more the commercial side, processing, buying, as well as selling a variety of commodities, and then got involved in risk management, hedging, and that's where I learned that uh, I had a unique approach on how to analyze markets. A firm believer in the business cycle that uh, relates to free market systems. And so that's been the primary focus uh, for quite a few years. And it's been very helpful to trying to figure out some of the twists and turns in our economy as well as the markets. All right. And I just found this out right before we started doing this, but Rich is from Wichita. So I actually got an interview from somebody from, from my hometowns. All right, man. So let's dump, jump right in here. So let's talk about the current state of the ag market. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on right now and all across the board. So Give me your opinion of what you see happening and, and what, some, what are some trends you see out there that are, that are leading us into a, uh, a good or a bad cycle here. Okay. Um, on the long-term side, we've had about five to seven years now of declining markets, and that is impact margins, uh, of course. And that's partially due to production ramping up faster than uh, the demand. And so it's just depressed things. And you can look at the percent change in U.S. farm assets, debt, and equity, and you can just see over the last five, seven years, that percent change is in decline. So in other words, assets are growing at a slower and slower pace. Um, so is the debt because that's putting pressure on people not to borrow uh, because they're getting pressured. So it really hasn't been that good of a picture. And yet you look back over the last 20 years, we've had some fascinating bull markets, high profitability times. Uh, and the global economy continues to grow. So there's a reason to be optimistic. I'm, I'm actually a super cycle bull on demand, but it's just we're going to have moments when production just overtakes uh, that demand side. And that's what we're seeing here. If you look at history, and we've had a history going back a couple hundred years for some of these uh, markets and portions of the ag economy as well as the total economy, and you can just see in commodities that Normally, five to seven years of uh, declining performance or poor performance or soft performance, that's normally an extreme. And so it's about time for uh, an uptick, at least uh, something a little bit better than what we've been seeing here lately. I think that'll mostly relate to maybe crop issues or some kind of supply issue that pulls back supply. But at the same time, we can see the, the global economy has been lagging the U.S. economy and just now trying to to catch up. So if something doesn't go wrong here, it's quite possible in the next two or three years that global economy is going to pick up enough that you're going to see these global commodity traders just fighting for better prices, better margins. And all that's going to do is translate or trickle back uh, to the farm end as well to help support prices. So personally, I, I think we've got some stability here on the farmer's side in terms of margins and revenue. Uh, but we also have to discuss some of the other issues that are negative here, such as on the political trade war stuff. But right at the moment, I'm feeling rather optimistic that things are trying to bottom out here uh, for the ag economy. Uh, 
Now, again, if you're looking for a sizable increase, I think you have to assume it's mostly in the grains. It's mostly going to be from some kind of a, a supply issue. And I have cycles as well saying that, yeah, we're probably due for a crop problem as well. And if you go back and study 200 years of prices in, in relation to the economy, you find most of the time it has to be a supply issue to really put those prices higher. It's difficult to get demand to put prices uh, significantly higher. Uh, in the 2000s, yes, we saw one of the rare opportunities when that all came together with extreme China demand, uh, mega expansion in the ethanol industry, and then investors realizing commodities were dirt cheap by 2005. So that really created a huge surge where we had record high prices for many commodities, and yet it wasn't like we were short on supply. In fact, we kept making more and more supply as those prices went higher. But again, that's a rare occurrence. Um, today, we're back to where, uh, yeah, if you really want higher prices, we've got to trim that supply a bit. Uh, demand's probably not going to grow uh, fast enough to, to do it by itself. But there's definitely some reasons to be optimistic. And uh, I'll now switch over from the ag economy to the total economy. And what I've learned with 30 years of analysis here and dealing with markets, uh, basically the economy grows for like seven to 12 years, and then you have a recession for one to three years. And you can just see this works back to like the year 1800. I don't see anything standing in the way that, to me, that's how things work. So what we're up against is I just said, yeah, I think we're gonna see some improvement for the ag economy. Well, the total economy is due for recession anytime from now into 2021. That's the latest it should occur. This time around, I think it's going to be a mild recession. And I also went back and looked at recessions and found that commodities quite often can shrug off recessions better than you think. Now, now if you have high prices of commodities, yes, they're going to take a hit. They're coming down uh, on the fast uh, side of things. But... Um, Today's prices of commodities, uh, yeah, you could argue the energies, the crude oil are kind of high right now, so they would probably take a significant hit off a recession. But something like corn, wheat, soybeans, they're not, they're not really high price. So I seriously doubt if a recession struck this year or next year, and I think it's probably going to wait a couple of years, but let's say it did strike this year, um, I seriously doubt we'll see much of an impact. I, I can't remember the a specific year, but there was a recession I found when uh, corn prices only dropped 20 cents. Well, you could see they go up and down 20 cents every year anyways. Right. So there was no, you know, it'd be improper to label that as, oh, that was a recession. You might as well say that was normal business. I also learned uh, there was a recession when uh, corn demand, global corn demand, dropped less than 1%, even though there was a recession. So I don't want to scare people thinking, oh, here we are, finally time for agriculture to start improving. And then and now I'm also saying, well, we could have a recession with the U.S. economy. Um, this time around, I just don't think it's really going to impact. I think agriculture has already uh, gone through its recession and it's time uh, for some improvement here. And if we can just keep the recession away for a couple more years, uh, it, it does look like this global economy can grow unless we get into some uh, – some trade issues. Right. Okay. So on the trade issue side, let's, th let's talk about that for a second. Let's say that the, uh, the trade war escalates and everything becomes, um, becomes actual fact now. So they're going to, they're going to have the, the soybean tariff. They're going to increase the tariffs across everything else they're going to do. Would that escalate this, uh, ramp up into a, maybe into a recession because of that? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm more concerned of it impacting the overall economy than I am necessarily uh, the agriculture economy, but it certainly can, on a short-term basis, impact agriculture prices. Um, if we really shut down our exports because of a trade war, then I tried to find some history of what did it do. And all I could find was back in the early 80s when we had the Russian grain embargo. Mm-hmm. You could see corn fell like 40 cents in just a week or two. So a significant drop, uh, almost like record pace drop. But it was interesting. Over the next three to four weeks, it brought back most of that decline. And then it was a much slower decline over the remaining of the year. And you could argue that decline was because the U.S. economy was kind of a little bit in recession. We were fighting inflation. So everyone was trying to fight higher commodities, higher labor costs, things like that. So I came to the conclusion that when we, if we get breaking news of something that's really gone bad with this trade issue, uh, yes, we've got some short-term volatility. Uh, the bottom can, you know, the floor can fall out on these markets. But just fascinating. Once things calm down, people realize, you know what? We still have to eat. We still have to do business. The commodities are still going to flow, and then the prices are probably just going to recover. Uh, so, what you have to worry about is there any long-term impact from that? And my guess, when you take a look at someone like China, uh, they import 60% of the world's beans, soybeans. And but if you look at their balance sheet, they probably only have a cushion there of about five to 50 to 70 days of usage. So it's obvious that if they ever wanted to shut down because of a trade war, it's only going to take a couple of months and they've got to come back and purchase soybeans. And even if they could buy all their beans from Brazil, Brazil wouldn't have enough. So all those buyers of Brazil are just going to come over to US. Right. So, so this is a negative, but I guess. My only fear at the moment is it's just a short-term problem uh, for prices and that it will resolve over time. Um, so I, I don't have much else to say that other than we got to watch it. It's certainly something that could spoil things here uh, this year. Um, and I must say also the same thing for NAFTA. President Trump wants to pull us out of NAFTA. I don't doubt we're going to have a short-term scare and put those prices down uh, at a fast pace. But again... Uh, we exported before NAFTA, and people are just going to say, you know what, we're still going to export, we still got to do business, and I think it'll just bring those prices back. So to me, a long-term uh, problem from all of this is would be more subtle, where year or two down the road, you wake up and just say, you know, we just haven't been selling as much as we used to. Um, but I just don't think it can be a, a severe problem. To me, at this trade war issue is um, personally, I think President Trump is trying to fix more for manufacturing because we really haven't been that much of a disadvantage in agriculture. Uh, we've been doing pretty good with NAFTA and our China relations. Uh, so to me, uh, the fallout for this may be more of the rest of the economy. Right. So I see more risk to the total economy than I do agriculture. It's just that, yeah, we could certainly have some short term headaches here if they want to push us forward. And, and you can see, even as of this week, I think it was the CEO of Bungie, a uh, big global grain trader, uh, just said that the U.S. is not selling beans to China. It has stopped. But again, if you do the math, it can't stay that way for quite a while. But it is something to be nervous about. It definitely can cause some problems here to my idea that, hey, it's time for the ag economy to recover it. Yeah, I mean, that, especially if China only has a 50 to 70 day supply of cushion uh, of, of soybeans out there you're right i mean i've read those articles and it said you know china did go buy everything from south america there's south american apps could not supply the the amount of soybeans that they need to 
to do to to do what they want to. So they're going to absolutely have to, you know, buy it from someplace else, and that would have to be us. But uh, moreover, other countries would have to come to us as well. So that is there is I mean there is it's a negative, but there is there is a little bit of silver lining there. It sounds like. Yep. I also learned today that uh, April imports of soybeans by China fell 13%. So, sure, they sent a lot more business to Brazil, but they were paying much higher prices than they normally would. And the supplies are fairly good in China. China has overproduced on their hog side, so uh, their hog margins are, are uh, getting tighter as well. So I think you've seen their domestic man back off a little bit. And I think they, even though they're buying more from Brazil, they said, well, we better not get too carried away and, and buy a huge amount. So overall, it, it sounds like actually their imports have dropped, period. Uh, all they've done is just taken a little bit more that we would have normally had here in the U.S. So again, I think in a couple more months, we'll probably see China trying to, to work a better deal and get back online here. But uh, I just hope... To me, this whole trade issue, I fully understand why President Trump wants a better deal for the U.S. I've heard for many years some very smart people spending a lot of money on research, uh, suggesting that we've been at a disadvantage. But uh, I'm a little concerned that the best we could make is 25 cents and perhaps lose a dollar. And I've been thinking that for quite some time, and I just hope someone else is thinking that, too. Uh, I hope we do get something. I fully understand why some are going for it. But I hope they understand the risk because uh, I'm an investor myself and I don't uh, care for anything that could lose me a dollar and I can only make 25 cents. And that's what I'm kind of a little bit nervous uh, that they're not looking at it that way. So we'll see as times develop. We've got my my hopes and optimism here. And uh, and like I say, even if we get a uh, even if this trade war continues on here and you can really see it starting to eat into our uh, selling capability of our agriculture products. Um, I would just want to point out that we're also due for a crop problem here this year or next, but it's my best uh, analysis. And that can put prices considerably higher, even though we're losing a little bit on the exports. So again, that can trickle back, help the ag economy for a while. But as we all know, if you're going to put prices straight up, that's going to buy more production. And then later out, you <laughs> later on, you've got another fallout, right? But uh, you could just see the market is set up. If we could just get over this trade issue, things are set up for at least a little improvement to quite a bit improvement if we ever had a crop problem. Yeah. Well, all the weather models show that this summer the Western Corn Belt is supposed to be very hot and very dry, so you might have your crop problem you're talking about there. I know. I, I've got some models that uh, they're up to like 80 to 90% probability. Uh, you know, still doesn't mean they'll work. I uh, got an interesting model. It goes back to year 1866 using uh, USDA's uh, corn yield data, and it sets up a little window. And 100% of the time, I think I think those little windows, five-year windows, have occurred something like 14 times since 1866. Every time there were one to three crop problems in it. We're in that window, and the deadline is next year. So I'm thinking, you know, I don't want to bet against something that's been 100% right, but I suppose you should also consider, well, if it's been 100% right, it's probably going to be wrong someday. Right. But right at the moment, um, I think I'm definitely watching weather very close. I, I think we could see a 7 to 12% cut in corn yield, something similar for beans. And uh, granted, if, uh, if a farmer uh, was stuck in the worst of that, then he might not be so pleased. Maybe prices wouldn't rise fast enough to help him offset that crop. But in general, uh, agriculture benefits from those uh, those events. And in my opinion, it's the way the free market system resets everything. 
gives everybody a chance to get caught up. And if this trade issue and recession doesn't interfere, I just feel like, yeah, weather's going to give a chance for farmers to get some better profits and get caught up here. If yields were off that much, 12 to 14 percent, like you like you're saying there, What's what's your projection of what you could see happen in, in the markets because of that? I mean, do you see a, a dollar rise in price or do you see 40 cents? I mean, kind of what, what's your gut feel for what, what that outcome would be? How it, how it should work as long as uh, the rest, uh, recession doesn't come in and interfere far more than I've seen in past history. Uh, and as far as this trade war, perhaps causing problems. But if it, the way it should work is I think corn can go to five to maybe even seven dollars. I would like to think even higher than that. But let's face it, we started out with uh, the highest uh, ending stocks here as of last year since the 1980s. Yeah. So, you know, we're starting from a level of bigger supplies and you're going to knock that down. But it, it won't be as quite as bullish as, as prior years. And again, if the trade war were to work through all that time, uh, people will be wondering, well, how good is our exports going? So, so I don't want to get too bulled up here. And you also have to keep in mind these bull markets quite often, they only last six to 12 months and then prices go down three years too. But um, I think uh, that that's what I'm dialing is a chance for five to $7 corn, maybe $14 beans, even though there's a lot of beans in the world. But uh, soybeans is an inelastic market when you study economics. They never go as low as everybody thinks. Uh, and it's that fascinating how quickly they can rise on any kind of a supply worry. You know? Yeah. So, so I hope farmers, uh, you know, I hope they can make the best out of it if it occurs. But, uh, you know, <laughs> I just keep thinking, yeah, but at the same time, you don't want to don't want to be too bullish for too long either, because it does buy production. Once again, that kind of characteristic. Yeah. No, I'm, I, I hope something does influence the, the price. You know, they always say everyone wants a drought except for on their land, and, right. you know, so, um, you know, I, I'm in that western part of the Corn Belt, the far western part of the Corn Belt, and right now we've gotten plenty of rain. We've gotten lots of good moisture. You know, we could always use more, but um, as of right now, we've gotten we had a lot of snow. We had a lot of, we had rain the other night, so um, things are things are clipping right along, but that out here, that stuff can shut off about as fast as, as it turn, gets turned on, so, so I hope that, uh, I hope we can see $5 corn. That'd be great. But uh also hope that we can, like you said, when that does come, you know, we have enough time for the markets to catch up to kind of offset, you know, what you don't, what you don't grow. So That's right. that'd be there. So, all right. So let's, let's jump into uh, some of the, some of the bright spots you see right now in the, uh, in, in the ag economy and in the overall economy. Yeah. If we can put aside the, the trade issue to me, uh, the big one here is is what's going on in the global scene uh, that uh, we've seen Argentina have a crop problem. We've seen Brazil farmers cut back on their uh, plantings of corn this year uh, in the sense of uh, poor margins. And then they've also had a little bit of a crop issue. They've got something going right now in southern uh, Brazil. So it's really pulling down the global supply of corn. Even though soybeans is still large, it's also backing off somewhat, primarily because of Argentina, because they probably have lost 30 percent of their crop. But on the demand side, I don't think you can show numbers that of a huge increase, but it's, it's a little bit better, a little bit of an increase. But really, on the demand side, it's more of an attitude change. You're seeing some of these large global traders like Glencore and probably Cargill and ADMs. Of the world. You can just see everybody wants a better margin. This has gone on long enough now that it's not just a farmer. It's trickling down through the system uh, towards the end user of just pinching margins. 
And uh, you can just see these companies are buying one another out, trying to create a better advantage. And they normally do that during poor times. And uh, it's just consolidation of the industry. And uh, it just feels like to me they're, they're even thinking, you know, there's an opportunity here. This can't last much longer. Um, there's got to be an opportunity here to get a little better price. So the point is, if they take that attitude, uh, they're going to try to do it. But as long as that global economy is growing and some of the statistics I use, I like to use manufacturing indicators that are put out every month. They're called PMIs. Uh, they're looking pretty good. They did have a stumble in April, but uh, or in, uh, but I think in um, the May one that just came out here a few days ago actually showed a bit of a rebound from that April drop. So it just feels like to me on the global side, people are starting to sense the fact that, you know what, commodities have really lagged the economies way behind the stock market. And I just think they're going to try to do better at asking for a better price. And the consumer is there. The money's there, especially in this country. Our consumer confidence and sentiment ratings are quite high. Now, that's a warning that, yeah, recession's coming someday. That's the obvious. But the point is, right today, they're on the high end, meaning the consumer has money, is more confident, feeling a little safer, going to spend that money. Unemployment's down to 3.9%, that's about as low as it gets. So that's also a warning, yeah, someday that's going to have to come up on us. But right today, though, you just have to say, hey, this is a pretty decent economy. And um, it just feels like that's what's going to help us. If we don't dial in the crop problem, then it just feels like the ag economy can at least be stable here, perk up a little bit just because of this demand picking up because of the global economy and the U.S. economy hanging in. Um, hey, Rich. So I just wanted to ask a question about um, where interest rates are going to be heading and how that's going to play in the marketplace and um, how that's going to influence the struggles going into uh, the end of the year. Okay. Um, yeah, I think the 10-year note's up to 3%. That's one of my favorite benchmarks. And uh, I do see it working higher this year. I'm not. Some people are scared it's just going to surge because they're watching inflation. And when you get into the late phase of the business cycle ahead of a recession, which is where we're at, and Wall Street is discussing this almost weekly now, that we're in the late phase. During the late phase, yes, interest rates go higher, but so does inflation. And investors are saying, you know what? Commodities usually go higher at that time, too. So, you know, most of us are scared of hearing higher interest rates. Saying, oh, that's going to hurt business. But it really doesn't in that late inflation. Just before a recession, it's possible to get interest rates too high and it hurts the economy. But right today, uh, I see a little bit of a sweet spot here where interest rates won't rally fast enough to really hurt the economy, especially this year. Um, if the economy wants to hang in all the way to 2020 and then we have the recession, we'll probably learn, yes, interest rates got too high just ahead of the recession. But right today, I'm not seeing that. Uh, today, they were even saying the stock market's feeling a little better because it kind of feels like the Fed Reserve is going to raise rates not as fast as they thought because inflation's not increasing uh, at that fast a pace. It is something you have to watch. It's a two-edged sword. On one hand, higher interest rates are actually a sign of a good economy. And like I say, you can then have higher inflation and you can have better, uh, better commodity prices. But at some point, interest rates do get too high. Uh, but I don't think that's going to be the case this year. If we continue down the same path we're going, and and there is a in your your recession that you talked about does come, do you see more fund money coming out of the out of the stock market and over into the commodity market more, and maybe that could prop up some prices? 
Yeah, we're already seeing some renewed interest. Uh, in fact, one of the biggest of bond traders, well-respected, uh, came out a couple months ago and said, we're in the late stage of the business cycle and you got to start thinking about commodities and some of these commodities move up 100%. And I have no idea if he actually invests in commodities, but he's been uh, pretty bold at, at saying you got to consider a possibility the commodity is going to catch up as we come near the end of this uh, this business cycle. So uh, my thoughts is, you know, it looks like the stock market has stalled out since January and I'm a little suspicious. It's not necessarily going to perform that well to the upside. I don't want to say I'm bearish by no means. But uh, to me, as it slows its pace, these fund managers are going to say, where's the next opportunity? And if you look at something with $3.50 corn, it hasn't gone for quite, you know, hasn't gone anywhere for quite some time. you got to start thinking, you know, chances are I can make 50, 20 or anywhere from 20 to 50 percent out of that. Am I really going to make another 20 or 50 percent out of stocks? Probably not. Okay. The stock market's kind of a little bit ahead of the, uh, the economy right now. And so, again, that'll just make them diversify their portfolios a bit. I think we've covered everything that I had on my on my list. Is there anything that you want to throw in there before before I close it? No, nope, I think we're in uh, good shape here, and, and we'll just try to follow the trend. And, and like I say, I think there's a reason to be optimistic here. Okay. And, Keep an eye on that crop. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, no, I'm I'm right there with you. So, all right. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the Moving Iron Podcast. Remember, if you want to continue any of these conversations, you can hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. Uh, Regina, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Okay. And Rich, if people wanted to follow you, uh, where would they where would they find you at? Uh, Rich at ag dash financial.com okay all right you can also find me at uh moving iron podcast at movingironpodcast.com you can also visit the moving iron podcast youtube channel where you can find uh the video version of uh the podcast as well as chip nellinger's after the bell and the tax move of the week with glenn birnbaum moving iron llc now has a website you can visit moving here you can find information for the 2018 moving iron summit in las vegas past and current episodes of Moving Iron Podcast and articles from Moving Iron Blog. Throughout the year, there'll be guest bloggers writing on various topics from their point of view. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can leave a review and subscribe at your favorite podcasting platform. And if you shop Amazon, please use the Amazon click-through at movingironllc.com. It won't cost you anything, and you'll still have the same experience you're accustomed to while supporting the podcast. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, and SoundCloud. So until next time, this is Casey Seymour, Regina Nargis, and Rich Pawson. Let's go move some iron. Out. <laughs>